Hello and welcome to WMQ&A, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. And we're getting right into it this time. We got a Three Amigos podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, back from our very first episode, we got Matt Lazowitz to my right and Rob Lidge to my left. Not that you can see. This is an audio medium. Um, <laughs> hi, guys. Howdy. Hey. <laughs> uh, it's con season in New Jersey. And uh, we've just actually got back from uh, hanging out at Rutgers for Camden Comic Con. Um, still coming off a little bit of a high. We got to talk to Gail Simone for... Like a good 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and she, of course, is amazing. And we also met her husband, Scott, who is equally amazing and engaged Rob in multiple conversations about T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, 70s glam metal band, yes. or glam rock band. Which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, as soon as this song cornered me, what's your favorite album? Of course, I'm wearing the Slider t-shirt, so of course it's the Slider. No, wrong. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> this is before I realized this is uh, Gail's husband, by the way. But Yeah. yeah no. It was great. I mean, great. We also, uh, I mean, I, that's what I love about these local cons is you get, to, you know, even if we weren't, you know, talking about, talking to her for, you know, this kind of, you know, the website and the podcast and stuff, we could have sat there and talked to her for 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's that's what's so great about a littler con. Um, one of the other, uh, we also got to talk to T. Franklin, uh, the writer of Bingo Love, oh. and uh, she was she's fantastic. She was my god, so oh, I had a blast. Yeah, so nice. Yeah, talking to her about not just Bingo Love, but about the backup she did for Nailbiter, which is one of my favorite books when it was coming out. God, I missed that book. Which it turns out Gail edited for yeah. Four T. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You know, I think it really struck me is, you know, something I've said all along about these smaller shows. You know, you've got the very premium shows like, you know, your New York Comic Con, your Wizard Worlds and everything. And it's so much nicer, you know, the, these like homespun shows that you do get that one-on-one with the creators. And both T. Gale and, you know, her husband Scott, it, it's like we all spoke that same language where, you know, there's just there's a magic to that. Where you're, you're not there for the media and you're not there for the spectacle. It's just, you know, we all love comics. You all speak that same language. and It's, it's, it's beautiful. And, you know, uh, living here in New Jersey, you know, obviously we don't have the biggest shows in the world. Uh, New York, obviously, is within driving distance. But, you know, we rely on these, on these smaller shows like Camden and like medium-sized shows. Like, for example, uh, East Coast Comic Con is up at the end of this month in, in Edison. And that usually draws a, a fairly big pool of comics talent. And, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, Rob and I live just outside Atlantic City. And that is a town that has struggled to sustain a con. Uh, we got a new show this year, Garden State Comic Fest, uh, run by a couple of guys who've been doing a show out of Morristown for about five years now. That was a really good show, and it had that same sort of uh, flavor. You get, you know, a, a pool of veterans like they had Jim Steranko, Kevin Eastman, uh, Keith Giffen, mm-hmm. we saw walking around, <laughs> uh, guys like that. You know, you get a few media guests. They had Eric Roberts, they had Summer Glau. Uh, and it was an enjoyable show, you know, uh, tons of cosplayers, which, you know, keeps the scene colorful and vibrant. And maybe most importantly, lots of, ve- lots of vendors, you know, get those, get those dollar bins out there, get those, you know, liquidate those trades. It's everything in the right proportion. I mean, you know, it's almost like you have the four quadrants of Comic-Cons. You know, you've got the autograph seekers, the dollar bingers, the cosplayers. And those who just like to participate in the geek culture, you know, I mean, they had video game vendors, and I think there was a sword vendor. I don't know. There's one. Of there, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's great. When you looked at Camden, you you went in and you go, okay, comic vendor, then someone selling their like homemade geek wares, mm-hmm. 
and the board game vendor. Oh, yeah. And then you go down, it's Artist Alley, Artist Alley, Artist Alley, and vendor, you know, some dollar bins and liquidated trades. Love uh, loves me a dollar bin. A lot of pops. A lot of pops. A lot of pops. Yeah, I, I can't believe that that is still a thing. I mean, I, I Remember love... Remember Mighty Mugs? Remember the thing before oh, Pops? Yeah. I saw one Mighty Mug today, and it was a Cyclops, <laughs> and you know what? Should have bought it for Gale. I <laughs> think <laughs> <laughs> she would have loved that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, what was it? We. This is not the first time we met Gale. The first time we met Gale was at... Was it, New, uh, New Jersey Comic Expo in Edison. Right. Which and, apparently is not coming... Or it's on, like, indefinite hiatus. Like, yeah. it was supposed to move to June. It was originally in November... And then they apparently had a mad, uh, was it mad event management, I think is the company that runs them. And they had like a management shakeup, yeah. and then they said that they're postponing it. Which is a shame. And I didn't, it was a shame, and I don't know why they would move it. I thought that November slot worked pretty well for them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a no man, I mean, not a no man's land in that it's inhospitable. It's actually a very, you know, it probably I'd say the second biggest show that we've been going to on the regular for a few years now. Especially name wise. I mean, the first yeah. year they had Jim Lee there. And I remember, mm-hmm. Matt, I had spoke to you about what to expect with that. You're like, oh, two hour, two, three hour line. That's 20 no. minutes. I know. And I got to actually talk to him for a minute got a picture yeah i mean a free autograph i mean that's we uh, i got there that year with my buddy john who's the manager at dewey's comic city up madison where i used to work and we were there right out of the gate and john has the uh greatest battles of the x-men trade one of those mm-hmm. trades that marvel did when they were first starting to do trades that were just sort of random figuring out how to do them right <laughs> and there was a jim lee issue in there and he never, and he was like okay we're just gonna get here first thing we're gonna line up for jim lee and we got there and it was like it's like that's like a 10 minute line that's not we were figuring everybody yeah. would be going in heading to jim lee and no he's like we got out there and he signed it and Shook his hand and I said, you know, yeah, I wish I, if I'd known, I would have brought my absolute hush. But the, <laughs> it's a bit of a chunky book to carry around at a con. Yeah, John Ca- Cassidy right up in the front. I mean, this is in the heart when Star Wars was, you know, still pretty new back with Marvel. Yeah, and, th- and that's the thing. I think uh, Dynamite, uh, for the three years this show's existed, they've had a booth at the con. So they've brought out Gail Simone, Garth Ennis, John Cassidy, Amy yeah. Chu. You know, people yeah. of that of that caliber. I got to talk. John and I got to talk to Garth Ennis that year for like you know, yeah, that's right. ten minutes. Yeah. We were talking about Dog Welder with Garth Ennis, <laughs> which was just great. I mean, I hate this. You know, from the vibe that you get from the bigger shows. I mean, I only brought like two books each because I was expecting, okay, you're going to get a quick t- signature. Yeah. You know, a thank you, a kick in the ass, and then that's it. And you know, I, I, John Cassidy signed his two books. Oh, you got anything else for me? And ended up talking yeah. for five minutes. It's like I didn't. Expect this, you know. This is cool. It was last year that the three of us got to hang around with James Robinson for for a little bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. signed yeah. my uh, DVD of comic book villains. <laughs> Fabian Nicieza. That that's for New Jersey Comic Expo. That that's the guy that like for the first two years he was there, and we yeah. would just goof around with him for like a good five minutes. Uh, my son, who I guess at the time was like five, my accomplice. Uh, yeah, Rob's got him well trained. He basically had 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 Logan go up to. Fabian and, and say that his favorite superhero was NFL Super Pro. Oh, right on cue. <laughs> he did his job very well. Well, we were ribbing Daddy about getting a, an Adam X issue signed. Like, I okay. regret nothing. Now, Logan, who's your favorite superhero? <laughs> NFL Super Pro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, mean, I got to spend some time talking to the Simonsons, who are oh, just God. the nicest. 
Don't you just want the Simonsons to adopt you when yes. you go up to them? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, no, well, you know, did a quick Manhunter sketch for yeah. me and my, you know, my Batman and adjacent character sketchbook. Mm-hmm. And we saw, you know, how much he loved this book and what a, how great it was to work with Archie and Archie Goodwin, for those of you who don't know the book. And, you know, Wheezy was just next, just, you know, talking and just, they're so yeah. earnest and they're so nice. And it was like, aww. <laughs> you know, speaking of Archie, you know, the, uh, Alien adaptation, the illustrated Alien that he did for Heavy Metal. Mm. I got, you know, they did a deluxe reprint of it uh, around the time Prometheus came out, and I had him sign that. And he actually sketched a Zeno on oh. the front page, and he's flipping through the book and actually telling me about, oh yeah, Weezy would be up in the middle of the night helping me, you know, watercolor this and everything. It's like this is so cool, you know this this is the experience. This this is the con going experience, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna raise and call that because that same year this was I think this was the 2016 show, Chris Claremont was seated across the aisle from the Simonsons. Now there's I don't know if it's a vendor table I don't know who's next to him but they're blasting like set 1970s TV theme songs. Uh, Rob and I were in line for Claremont. He I think he signed something for me, and then all of a sudden Claremont gets up and like the Muppet Show the theme to the Muppet Show is is. <laughs> blasting loud and proud right next to him he just starts dancing <laughs> in the middle of the aisle all the way over to to walton wheezy and you know chats them up for a good 10 minutes now rob was standing right behind me in line the whole the whole time i mean you know not impatient or anything this this, this tableau playing out before us was beautiful and magical but claremont eventually comes back and and and, and uh, starts signing his thing for rob and rob asks him about working with milo minara easily 20 minute conversation yeah kind of blew me away there you know it's like so were you a fan oh yeah absolutely it's like oh okay this is great <laughs> but uh you know i think we all have our own kind of little special things that we look for when we go to a show matt you mentioned your batman adjacent sketchbook why don't you talk about that for a little bit yeah i've had that sketchbook since 2011 i think it was um and you know it was something that kind of came out of my time working at dewey's because there were there were we had a good number of creators who would come out to Dewey's to you know do signings and things, because Dan who owned the store back in the day not me he, no not Dan <laughs> uh, had a you know was wasn't a letter hack but he was part of that you know early mm-hmm. fan community. As a matter of fact, if you there's a an issue of Green Green Lantern an annual Tales of the Green Lantern or whatever where Kurt Busiek wrote. Uh, he wrote the story, and there's a planet named Veltri, which is Dan's last name. So he was—he had a lot of connections. You know, Mark Wade. He knew him from back when they were, you know, in the fan days. And the, we would get a fair number of artists, and there were these guys who would always come in with their sketchbooks, and I mean, and sketchbooks that were like put even mine to shame because these were guys who would shell out, you know, yeah, sure, two hundred dollars for a sketch, no problem, which is not my bag. Uh, it's not that I go for quantity over quality, but I like variety and it doesn't have to be if for those $200 sketches that's your entire con you give somebody that that sketchbook if they're spending that much money on the sketch they're spending that much time on that sketch but I got every free comic book day Dewey's has a lot of the graduating class of the Kubert school because Dewey's is the local store for the Kubert school plus various Kubert alums and instructors Um, the uh, new owner of the store, Anthony, who is also an editor for Dynamite, is a Kubert alum and uh, an art uh, an artist for 
dynamite instructor at uh, Kubert. So that's he's keeping that going. But one year it was like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna just go out and get a sketchbook, and I'll give it. And I uh, first sketch I gave it to was uh, Fernando Ruiz, who oh, yeah. people might know from Archie versus Predator mm-hmm. or Die Kitty Die, and who is also one of the nicest mm-hmm. guys in comics. Fernando has done every free comic book day at Dewey's since Dewey started doing free comic book day. And I got a sketch from him, and then I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then started going to cons, and it's I, I try to give the artist leeway. I rarely ask an artist for a specific character. I like to say, my sketchbook is Batman and his allies and enemies. If you've got a favorite character who fits in that milieu, go for it. Like, indulge yourself. Yes, <laughs> and so sometimes I've gotten combinations I didn't think I would get. Um, Cliff Chang did a signing at Dewey's, and I was like, okay, he's coming off of both Zatanna and Green Arrow, Black Canary. So I was figuring Zatanna's sort of Batman adjacent, Black Canary's a bird of prey. I figure I'll get one of those two. Can me it back, Two Face, and it is a gorgeous Two Face. I mean, there are some times I have asked when uh, Jandrasima, who is wonderful, um, she had done uh, Nightwing Oracle with Gail Simone. And I had been waiting for the right artist to do Barbara Gordon as Oracle. Because it's just a bust. I mean, there's not a costume or anything there. So I wanted someone who could do a very distinct Barbara Gordon. In my head, it was either going to be Jan or Amanda Connor, who is... I don't, Amanda, I don't think sketches at cons anymore because of people, you know, sure, I'm buying, I'm getting this sketch for myself. Make it out to eBay. <laughs> Which is an unfortunate thing that a lot of bigger name artists now kind of go out of the way in the same way with signatures, either to personalize mm-hmm. or to charge more because they know that they're not getting, that this, a lot of, for every one person who really wants that sketch, you've got another one who's trying to, yeah, flip, flip it. That's why you really can't fault some of these writers where some of the higher books, like last weekend at uh, Atlantic City, I met Tom DeFalco. And literally, he had a one little tiny note on his table that if you were getting Amazing Spider-Man 252 signed, it was a $5 charge. Because that is probably his... Well, and that's the yeah. one, of course, that I got signed. But yeah. again, yeah. $5, you know what? That's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. to be quite yeah. honest. I mean, um, again, Fabian... Uh, Anything Deadpool, he was charging, I think it was like ten, ten in bucks. the neighborhood yeah. of 10 bucks. Again, that's a reasonable ask. The movie just came out. You know mm-hmm. he's not getting those Liefeld royalties. We knew that was kind of sad. I remember when you interviewed him after mm-hmm. uh, the second time we met him, and he was talking about he went to the premiere, took the subway home, and ate pasta with his wife. And that was his Deadpool movie experience, being the co-creator of the character. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it's great. A lot of art. Camden is a show where... Well, there are, you know, I mean, Gail Simone is the biggest name that's ever been at Camden. I mean, and she's well, a... Uh, Claremont was there. You're right. I forgot that Claremont was there. I guess I'm just more used to seeing Claremont at cons. It, it makes less of an impression that's than That's true. Gail. Gail's on the West Coast, you know. Right. It, I mean, I drive... Basically, when I found out she was coming, I dropped everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, well, there are some artists who have, you know... Um, Mike Manley, who did uh, co-created Dark Hawk and did a good run on Batman, he was there. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I, I haven't gotten to Manley, and someday I would like to because he did do a nice, you know, good year and a half or so on Batman. Mm-hmm. But when it's at Camden, I try to go for you know the up and comers, the starving artists who are who 
probably, I'd wager as Camden is free admission, there's probably not as much of a charge to get a table. So they get a lot of people who are just starting out. And I'm willing to throw a guy who's just starting out, you know, 40 bucks for a sketch. Because it's like, hey, you probably haven't done a lot of sketches. And you're trying to get started. And who knows? I might have gotten a sketch at one of these Camdens from the next big thing. Yeah. Hasn't happened yet, but it might. But at the same, and when I go to East Coast mm-hmm. or to Garden State, I, I'll drop a little more there. I mean, I got one year, I got Mark Bagley, Ryan Bodenheim, and Walt Simonson in one day. Nice. And that was, and I gotta say, another shout out to how awesome Walt Simonson is. He was not, he was sketching for a donation. He didn't have an amount. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, just whatever you feel like you want. It was like, whatever I feel like. I just like, like you know, I saw people, most people were wrapping 10. I was like, $20. Freaking Walt Simonson sketch? Yes, I will give you time. That's what I just <laughs> paid somebody else who is a phenomenal artist, but is not Walt freaking Simonson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Rob, let, let, let's shift to you. Uh, you know, I think one of my great joys of, of going to cons with you is watching you <laughs> yeah. on, on the hunt. For, for for bin gold. What are the kind of things you look for when you're when you're surfing? Oh, the do- the day in the life of the dollar binger. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, you know what? I I have these sweet spots of like certain eras. I mean, seventies through eighties. Um, certain creators. You know, you look for creators either. You know, books that you can get signed at shows or kind of like what Matt you saw uh, Darwin Cook's first mm-hmm. art today in a DC anthology from the eighties. You know, it, it, it kind of goes like that old style of geekdom where it was like, you always look for diamonds in the rough. That's something you see in the horror community. Not so much in the modern comic community, you know? It's it's the newest and the latest and, you know, whatever is going to be in theaters soon. Listen where, to us bunch yeah. of old farts. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I've been reading comics for 32 years now and, you know, I think I'm always trying to relive what it was like, you know, back when they were 60, 75 cents and, mm-hmm. you know, on the spinner rack at your, you know, <laughs> local bookstore, your Seven Eleven. I mean, you know, where we lived, there were no direct markets. So, you know, it's for that joy of collecting comments. I mean, I am a trade waiter and for the most part, a lot of the newer stuff, you know, I'll get the deluxe hardcover or whatever, but it's, it's nice to go back and collect the old stuff. Um, I know, like, one of the things I definitely look for are things that haven't been collected in trades or things that you can only find like in the black and white essentials it's nice to have the original mm-hmm. color printing you know that's that's really it. no real magic to it just you know i'll tell you one thing that i really love are the unorganized bins it's one thing you know when you go to an alphabetical bin you know exactly what when you look in the use you know <laughs> ultimate you're x-men find... ultimate x-men yes ultimate X-Men. Oh, yes civil war tie-in yeah <laughs> you know so it, it's kind of nice when you get that sort of you know random element right there where you really don't know what you're looking for but yeah. now what about the hunt for sledgehammer oh sledgehammer <laughs> it continues listen this is a book that i could probably easily get on ebay for probably like 45 cents and then like seven dollars for shipping <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that thrill of the hunt because this this, oh, this yeah. is a book that you know hit that feeling in your bones you walk into that you know that showroom and it's like it, it's got to be there's one or two books that remain on my list as Mm -hmm. sole issues in a run that i'm like i know i could get this i could find this on ebay yeah but where's the fun in that exactly exactly 
you know, I, I think I, I am mostly a trades guy. I really don't do a ton of dollar binging at shows, although I've picked up some neat stuff. I got a run of, like, uh, J.M. DeMattis' uh, Mr. Miracles mm. at a show oh. in uh, Cherry Hill. I think if there was one thing, though, that would make me, you know, stop and pull, uh, that ALF Evolutionary War tie-in. Oh. <laughs> where the High Evolutionary shows up at the Tanner household. Yeah, I'd get that. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of things like that, just weird stuff. Like I was, I found uh, for Dan for Christmas last year the one comic book appearance of Freakazoid in an issue of Animaniacs. That's right, yeah. It's like it's stuff like that. I mean, I, there are runs like I again, I like like Rob said, uncollected, oddball stuff. Like I'm working on runs of Infinity Inc. and the New Titans, and it's like that stuff. The odds of them ever trading the full run of either Infinity Inc. or New Titans, I mean, New Titans is probably a little more likely than Infinity Inc., but still, are pretty slim. Refresh my memory. What's Infinity Inc.? Infinity Inc. are the kids of the Justice Society. They oh. were... Um, and here I thought it was a Jim Starlin Thanos thing. No, no, it was not. No, it was Jade and Obsidian... Uh, Nuclon, Northwind, Star Spangled Kid—they're all. Uh, oh, um, the pair, uh, Daniel the Sandman's parents, uh, Hector and Lyda Hall. Those characters. And it was um, Roy Thomas back in the. You know, he was also doing All Star Squadron, the book that was the Justice Society esque book in the '80s. That's what Infinity Inc. was. Ah. And it's it's an odd book. It also had um, Huntress and Power Girl. Until Christ and Infinite Earths happened, and then when the worlds got merged, Huntress and Power Girl disappeared because, well, continuity and confusion, and yeah. You know, it's it, it, you never know what you're going to find in those bins. I mean, you know, if you're somebody who hasn't really been up on comics, like in the 70s and the 80s and everything, say like somebody who's a Dune fan, and you find uh, Marvel's adaptation, like Bill Sienkiewicz did gorgeous artwork, and it's based on the original screenplay, so there's things in the adaptation that wasn't even in, you know, the theatrical cut of the film. Yeah. You know, gorgeous things like that. I, I pretty much got nearly an entire run of New Mutants up until the Liefeld stuff mm -hmm. out of dollar bins. Mm -hmm. I spent very, there were like two or three ish, like an issue one and the, the annual where mm -hmm. we first introduced Psy, where they first introduced Psylocke to an American audience yeah. that cost me more than a dollar but pretty much everything else I got his dollar books, including like first appearance of Legion. I was gonna say, you know, that was an interesting uh, thing I noticed today. The first time I've seen that as a wall book, because um, up until very recently, that's always been in the dollar bin. Yeah, yeah. Which I figured it would, but even last year during the first season of Legion, I still mm -hmm. saw it mixed in amongst dollar books. Now the movie seems like it's kind of in production limbo right now. I know they're. You know, retooling it, adding in, like, I think... They apparently reshot a ton, or going adding to... Adding a new character. At some point, John Hamm was going to be Mr. Sinister in a post credit scene. And now Antonio, Antonio Banderas is a play, playing him. I, uh, I, I read something yeah. along... But, uh... Couldn't he be Bobby's dad? I think that would have been the way to go. Make him oh, oh Emmanuel DaCosta. Yeah, oh, make, make oh, Banderas... Yeah. I don't know, because I, I would love to... I think that would be a part that he... It's the although, part although I was born if, to play. If the issue, and one of the issues with the movie has been the casting of a lighter-skinned Sunspot, mm. who's always sort of, you know, black Brazilian, 
I don't know if casting Banderas as his dad helps that. That's true. <laughs> Which they actually yeah. got a dark-skinned Latino actor to already play him, but these are the X-Films, and, you know, look how they do with continuity. Oh, <laughs> yeah. continuity and you the know, X-Films. But it's going to be... Oh, right, Days of Future Past. Yes, yes. I forget everybody who was in the future parts of that mm-hmm. movie. Like, there was, like, well, Warpath and Sunspot and Bishop Blink. and... Blink. Yeah. Who yeah. Yeah. actually, uh, on Gifted, is pretty much as she was yeah. presented in there, so it very well could be the same character. Um, but uh, back to the whole Demon Bear thing, it'll be interesting to see if there's, like, renewed interest in those books, because those, those have been, like, dollar and gold. For, oh, yeah. Ever since they've pretty much been printed, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just talking about... I was just listening to the Major Spoilers podcast this week, and mm-hmm. they... They do, you know, they start out with a news item, and they do reviews, and they do something. And this week was Demon Bear, because originally New Mutants should have been out around by now. It was supposed to come out. It was out. supposed to come out in April, yeah. and right. then it got pushed back to, like, early next year, and then it got pushed back to, like, August or October or something of 2019. They were saying on there that one of the, is that because of how some of the actors who they cast are now hotter, they couldn't get them to do their reshoots right. until later in the year... Because of scheduling, which yeah. is what pushed it back even further. Yeah. So it's season three of Stranger Things' fault. <laughs> yes. Yes. And or Game of Thrones season what? Well, the final season of... That's right, yeah. Right. Maisie Williams. Yeah. She, she's <laughs> a little busy. Yeah. Valor Margulies. <laughs> um, favorite moment at a con that you've been to? Oh. That's hard. I don't know. Uh, having Logan uh, troll Fabian. It was up there. Yeah. I feel like we went through <laughs> a lot good. of the top moments already. That was good, yeah. <laughs> Claremont's Muppet Dance. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. There's like, you know, every show. You know, if it's a half-decent show, there's always something that you know, makes you smile. You know, one, as we, you know, I was talking about, you know, the up-and-coming artists and such, I have one sketch that, A, it was an Oddball, because it was someone who decided to do Ventriloquist and Scarface. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a cus- one of my customers at Dewey's, who this was her first con. And not only was it her first con, but she wrote in on the sketch that it was the first commission she'd ever done. I was the first person who'd ever come to her table and asked her for a sketch. That's beautiful. And she was so excited to do that. And it was like, my heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, and I think you're going to be on the same wavelength, and you're going to know where I'm going with this. And I think it's the thing that really kind of turned around, just outright becoming a cynical prick at, at this whole thing. Because I have been sort of a curmudgeon, you know, like, yeah. you know, get off my lawn. But it was at the uh, the first Edison show that we went to, and we were in line for Fabian. Uh-huh. And we had oh, yeah. the, mo- the mother behind us. It was a kid, I want to say 10 or 11 years old. And this kid was just so happy to be there and he's just talking his poor mother's ear off all about Deadpool and everything this kid reminded me so much of me and uh, Dan and I actually were like you know talking you know to the kid and talking to the mother and everything and you know I told him it's like don't change you know don't ever let anybody tell you not to be happy about this not to be you know who you are about this always enjoy this when you're 30 when you're 40 when you're old like me don't change. And then I told her. He was really grabbing him and shaking him. <laughs> <laughs> but I even told her, you know, it's like, this is so awesome that, you know, you brought him out to this because, you know, I've got fond memories of my grandfather and, like, my uncle and my stepdad, you know, going to, like, the VFW comic shows and sports card shows and things like that. And, 
Yeah, I think it's cheesy. It's not exactly quality family time, but it is in a way. You know, when you're, you know, in line and you're talking their ear off about this, and it was just, it was so cool. It was so pure, and it, it, that just really made me happy, and that really just kind of stuck with me. And you know, running into them later in the show after they had met Fabian, and the kid is just <laughs> like walking on clouds and everything. It made my heart glad. You know, I think it might have even been the same show, and it might have been you got. I I was on my own because it was. I don't know what John was because Dewey's had a booth, so John was kind of splitting his time with no, so it wouldn't have been Edison. It was one of the shows where Dewey's had a booth. Usually East Coast, right? It's yeah, I think it was, John. John and I were kind of taking turns at the booth while the other one could go off and do things. And I, I'm usually pretty good. You know, I can look at a, most cosplayers and be like, okay, I know your stuff. You're clearly an anime character, so I'm completely <laughs> lost. But there was one guy who's walking around. And he's like, is that? Similar color, but that doesn't look like Booster Gold. And I saw him a couple of times, and I was like, I eventually was like, okay, I just need to ask, who is your who is your costume? Who are you wearing? Right. <laughs> and he's like, you know, oh, you know, I'm working on my own, you know, trying to get my own book published, and this is my character. And he and I got to talking, and this was, you know, again, one of those points where I was kind of down on humanity. Mm. And this, and I'm, you know, I'm a suburban cis white male and I'm sitting here and I'm you talking came, you came out in the first episode I don't know if you remember that yes I actually <laughs> did there as well so I, I it's coming back around see um, but this was a a guy who grew up in the inner city who's queer African American guy and the two of us stood there in an aisle for 20 minutes talking about Star mm-hmm. Trek talking about you know the the different novels and these you know what do you know what you know how much we both love deep space nine and all this and this is someone who has such a different experience in mm-hmm. their life but the two of us, and i think we share a common language and we were just able to talk and have this meeting of the minds about something that we both love and that's not an experience you get every day and it's not an experience you get on the internet because as much as you can have that kind of interaction when you try to have a gen it always feels like when you're trying to have a genuine interaction with one person there's always the person who's on the side following along with other comments (laughs) that are not terribly helpful and it's just like that's what you see at cons you see all of these different people who love the same thing. I mean, yeah, we were sitting, we were sitting having lunch, and this, the people at the next table just started, you know, hey, you're talking about comics, and they just jumped oh, yeah, into yeah. the conversation. I, you know, I will say that is an experience I feel like I really only get at a con, where where like strangers will overhear your conversation and just start to like jump in on it in a in a positive, enthusiastic yeah. way. Oh, you know, yeah. I, that is not the first time that that's happened, and it's always it's it's always a good time. You know, it was like you know somebody's wearing a cool shirt. You know, yeah, yeah T Rex. All- <laughs> yeah, I always seem to wear the right band shirt at the right time. <laughs> it's like today I had Gail Simone's husband. You know, like yes, T Rex. We go to a Soul Asylum show on the Brigantine Beach, and I'm wearing a Bad Brain shirt. And Dave Perner is like, "Holy shit, that's the Bad Brains. Are they even still together?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, dropping the names. Yeah. <laughs> no, these these are all 
heartwarming. And the funny thing is I've been trying to think, cycle through my moments. And I guess mine's a little bit more cynical, but still just watching Simon Bisley, like, sign people. <laughs> oh, come sign on. Sign was... people, his table full of beer bottles. Come and on, ink. that was magic. Uh, that that was an experience. I mean, that... <laughs> how, how did he deface your uh, Lobo paramilitary Christmas special? Um, this is a family podcast. and <laughs> It's not. It's not. <laughs> there was uh, F-bombs and genitalia. Very crudely drawn genitalia as... He held the pen. <laughs> oh. oh, you just... You meet so many cool people and so many cool yeah. creators. It's rare... I can count on one hand the number of creators I've met who are jerks. I can't think yeah. of I've met creators who are having a bad day. Okay, I would yeah. give you that. Yes. And that's really not the same thing. And it's mostly some of the celebs. I don't think I've met any creators that are really... I've met some who are very... Harlan Ellison. Not specifically Ellison, yeah. but who are very <laughs> curmudgeonly. Maybe not jerks. That's maybe not the right word. Yeah, because you can be curmudgeonly and still endearing. I, yes. I won't name any names on here because this is going out. And, you right, know, exactly. Yeah, that's going to be out on the cloud. <laughs> um, there's one in particular, and Dan knows, going to know who I'm talking about, where I just got a little nauseous at how they sold themselves. Like, basically, they were, like, this little industry, and everything they did had some kind of premium price on it it wasn't there for the joy or mm. for meeting the fans you know i mean i wanted to take a picture with the guy and he wanted twenty dollars this was a legend in the industry yes one of the, the big names yes mm. and that just that kind of soured me a little bit you know i mean i did buy a print and you know i was fine with that i understand you know that they're there to make a living and everything yeah you know and that is the thing with comics it is such a sing for your supper mm-hmm. industry you know i it's it's like bands touring basically. You can't rely on album sales. You can't you know yeah. you can't necessarily rely on book royalties really. That's why I never have a problem. You know, whenever somebody has you know the comp, you know the defense league, yeah, yeah, you know, always throwing a few dollars in there. You know, if you get a few books signed, you know, just throw a fiver in there. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I've I've I'll happily you know. Pay, I mean, pay. I mean, it's often it's you know. Donate what you want. I've done yeah. that for, you know, last time uh, I saw Peter David. It was like, you know, signing a few bucks. It's like, yeah, I will absolutely drop, you know, pay what you, you know, pay what you desire. And it's like, yeah, I'll put in a fiver for, you know, a couple of signatures because you only have so much time running. You're taking time away from working, to, from, you know, working as in, you know, writing or drawing or whatever you do to come out and meet the fans. And, I know. I mean, there's the arguments for exposure, but that's the kind of the same arguments. Like, you know, sure, work on my book for the for the exposure. It's like, yeah, there's a reason why a lot of creators sort of roll their artists roll their eyes when someone's like, "I want you to draw my comic. It'll be great exposure." It's like, yeah, well, does exposure pay? You know, feed me. Yeah, can die of exposure, man. <laughs> you know, I always try to make it a point too, where you know somebody, especially one of the bigger names, or you know, even one of the indie guys, comes out to one of these shows and. You're getting a free signature, and they have books for sale. Just buy a book. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, poor Peter Bag. You know, not to drop another name, but it was at uh, the last Asbury Con. Uh-huh. I probably brought like six or seven different things. I mean, I deep dug my bin. So I mean, things he was looking at, like, oh my god, I've never even signed this before. And it's like, it's like, make sure you know, I bought another book from him. And, have that sign but right yeah yeah it's why i don't mind paying a slight premium 
on a book at, from someone's table. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? I cannot remember for the life of me. Uh, Paul Kupperberg, who's a very <laughs> 80s creator, for those of you out there who are old guys like us, yeah. had a table at, uh, I think it was East Coast last mm-hmm. year, and he had these back around the time of the Burton Batman movies, they released um, non-comic prose anthologies of short stories. There was a Further Adventures of Batman mm-hmm. and Further Adventures of Joker with the original, and then Further Adventures of Batman Volumes 2 and 3, two featuring Penguin, three featuring Catwoman, for um, Batman Returns. And I, had all, I didn't have Volume 3, and he apparently had a short story in it and had it there, and it was like... I mean, and this was back when paperback books were, you know, four or five dollars. And he was charging ten with a signature. And I was like, it's out of print. And I'm helping this creator who's, you know, a guy from the 80s. And those poor 80s creators, I mean. Did you hear about Bill Mester? I was going to say. I was going to say. Tragedy. That it's like, you know, I have no problem, those guys, because they're not getting any royalties. They're not. I mean, it was what is it? A couple of years ago, Norm Brayfogle, who did so much oh, great yeah. Batman yeah. work, had a stroke, stroke. right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, there was a GoFundMe, and I was like, for the amount of stuff I have read and loved mm-hmm. by him, yeah, I will do a GoFundMe on this because these guys. I, I mean, I won't necessarily say they got screwed. I mean, some of them did get screwed, but but some of them were just they. Some of them knew going in that you know it's work for hire, and I'm going to do what I do and. You know, that's what you that's what you had to do as an artist back yeah. in the eighties. Yeah. And so, you know, I you got that's what the hero initiative is for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Push the you know, if you don't know what the hero initiative is, folks, Google it. It's it is a great, great organization. Uh, uh, it's basically it's a charity organization that helps uh, comic creators who have fallen on hard times. Uh, my local comic shop for their uh, free comic book day. Uh, level up at Maze Landing. They do. Uh, they're doing a charity auction. Uh, I'm actually going to be hosting it this year, and uh, they asked me to pick the charity, and I'm doing the Hero Initiative. So, um, I think that's the first time that became public knowledge. <laughs> that's good to know. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, there are. Gr- I mean, there are great charities around. I mean, the CBLDF, Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, that yeah. defends the yeah. First yeah. Amendment, is another great comics-related charity. I, mm-hmm. I usually try to drop in a few bucks oh, on yeah. that one. All right, so if I could throw something out here. Yeah, please. Bit, so I, like, kind of, something uh, I asked Gail as we were finishing up. Um, you know, it's New Jersey. We've got our diners. We've got our tomatoes that are, that are very unique. The New Jersey Comic-Con, you know, as it is. Is this like a unique thing, do you think? You know, I don't know enough because obviously I haven't been to, you know, a bunch of other shows out of state. You know, yeah. I went to New York Comic-Con once. Mm-hmm. Once, once, <laughs> yeah. You know, That's I've been, awesome. I've done a Wizard World, uh, in 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 Philly. You know, I, I do think like you know we don't have we don't have a San Diego, we don't have a New York, we don't have Emerald City. Yeah. You know, uh, what we have are are smaller and medium sized shows. You know, and and that's just within the last five years. I think, you know, for for comics fans, I think prior to that. Around here, you're probably used to those smaller, just kind of trade shows like uh, uh, Rob and I. Or we went to one in Cherry Hill. Oh, uh, the Chud Show. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it's it's just vendors. It's just it's mm-hmm. you know, it's been surfing. 
you know, it's only in the last few years that we've started to see the rise of shows around here where you get creators, where you get media guests. And, you know, it's, it's something that I appreciate having. I'm glad that it's not a saturation point. Um, next, next show that we're going to is East Coast Comic Con in Secaucus. Which started in Asbury, oh, yeah, started yes. in a bowling alley in Asbury Park. Yes, go figure. Um, I gotta say that though, the one that they did in the convention center, yeah, by the board. Oh, that yeah. was incredible. That is one of the best comic cons I've ever been to. Just you know, it was that perfect combination of this gorgeous day. So you had that that sea breeze, and you could taste the salt as you're going through the dollar bins. I mean, they had Al Jaffe, yeah, there and her, you know, Herb Trimp, you know, rest. May he uh, rest, rest in peace. You know, uh, J. H. Williams the third. Yeah, well, that was the other one. That was the year after where they had it in the, the hotel. Oh, oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I'm talking okay. about the, the old the you know, Asbury yeah. Convention Hall, right on the boardwalk. Yeah, the, the, I remember the there was a the, the hall, and there was like a mezzanine around it. Yes, yeah. uh, upstairs that all had all indie. these indie creators, and it's just basically you just go from table to table, almost like trick or treating, and they would just tell you about their book and pick it up for a couple of dollars, you yeah. know, and you know talk them up and. You know, one of my most prized things ever was uh, I love those uh, the the posters that they did, like where yeah. they incorporated Tilly into it. Yeah. And I remember our guy sort of got that like you know, class of what year was that? Uh, 2012. Like the class 13? of twenty twelve. I yeah. got every creator there to sign around That's the margins. So cool. and, you know, is that, is that when you got the little milk and cheese from Evan Dorkin? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and then the next that. year he drew it and it just said, "Go away." <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I had him sign a Bill and Ted number one. <laughs> I, I think I'm kind of banned from his table now for that. I, that's, I got one of those indie guys. Yeah. He did, I got him in my Batman sketchbook. He's the only guy to ever do the Riddler. I found it mm-hmm. odd that I, Riddler is one of those characters yeah. I would have expected to have gotten another Riddler by now. Do you have a lot of repeats? Or? Um, well, I get a lot of Batmans, a lot of Jokers, and a lot of Mr. Freezes, but nearly Ooh. all of them, with the exception of maybe one, are the Mignola Batman the Animated Series design. Mm, mm. Um, and a good, I think I got my third Scarecrow today. Uh, I got a good number of Scarecrows, because he's, you know, and the thing with the Scarecrows, the, scarecrow, the Scarecrows are all wildly different. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I try to, you know, since I usually give the artist the choice, I'm not going, I can't often be like, Oh, well, I've already got that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I've, there's a couple that are repeats, but I'm trying to think. At this point, I've got most of the main bat cast. I still need a Red Hood. Okay. I don't have J- I have Jason as Robin from uh, Art Balthazar, Tiny Titans. He did all three classic Robins. Hmm. Um, I still need Jason. To, I need Red Hood, and I need the GCPD. I don't have Gordon or Bullock yet. Okay. Hmm. But aside from that, I've got all of the the A-listers. And there's some of the, the bigger B-listers I still need. I don't have Talia, and I don't have Mad Hatter. But I've gotten some, like, I've got um, a really, a couple, a really sweet man bat. Uh, somebody did uh, Joe Chill, and it's just a silhouette with the Crime Alley sign, which I thought was nice. a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, oh, and I don't have Kate Kane. I don't have Batwoman. Mm, okay. But I've got both um, both back um, Barbara and um, Stephanie, and I have Cassandra Kane as Black Bat, and I have both Tim Drake as Robin and Red Robin. A couple of Nightwings. I don't I don't have Dick as Robin yet, except again Tiny Titans Robin. Uh-huh. 
But and uh, Franco, the other Tiny Titans guy, did Alfred, which made me so happy because <laughs> it's my only Alfred. I've always been hanging on to Jim Gordon or Harvey Bullock for Michael Lark because oh. Gotham Central. And I do. I have Renee, but I have Renee Montoya as the question from Cully Hamner, who That's was cool. working on it on the backups in Detective Comics with Greg Rook at the time. Okay. So if you ever meet one of the uh, 66 artists, you got to get like a, you know, Aunt Harriet or Chief O'Hara. Something yes. unique to the top bookworm. King Tut. Yes. Oh, yeah. God, God, I got to go for Victor Bono. That, that's... Yeah, I mean, I've got... I do have... Um, uh, Sean Mandrake, uh, Tom Mandrake and Jennifer Seema's daughter, did a... Uh, Julie Newmar, Catwoman, mm. for me, which was real nice. I did not know that Tom Mandrake and Jan Drusima had... Uh... <laughs> they are a couple. How about that? Nice. Um, and uh, yeah. Cat- the Catwomans I have are also like very different. I mean, I've got two of the, the modern mm-hmm. look, one by Adam Hughes and one by Mahmoud Esrar. And nice. back before Mahmoud, when Mahmoud Azrar was doing uh, Noble Causes with Jay Fairber. Oh, so pre-X-Men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, way back. Um, but then I got um, oh, Joe Statton, who co-created The Huntress, uh, did a very classic The Purple Catwoman. Mm. And Sean Mandrake with the Julie Noir. Yeah. Uh, I would love to get some more animated series style characters. I've got a... I mean, mm. other than Freeze... Um, um, Fernando did a Batman the Animated Series style Batman as uh-huh. the first one in my sketchbook and Har- classic Harley uh-huh. uh, from Diane Leto who did um, who's done a lot of My Little Pony yeah. and some other all ages stuff but she did a classic Harley and I've got I've got both two different Har- I've got both Harleys the classic Harley and a bust no pun intended <laughs> of the Suicide Squad Harley from uh, Trevor McCarthy okay um but yeah, I mean, there and there's always like I'm always hoping that someone wants to do you know the Mad Hatter or <laughs> Johnny Karaoke or some <laughs> equally obscure character. Um, I mean, Tom Mandrake did Black Mask, who he co-created with mm-hmm. Doug Mensch. That's awesome. So that was a that was a great one. I, I in my head I was like, I kind of want to ask him for Black Mask, but I like because he did a long run on Batman. Back in the early eight, like right before Crisis, he was the last regular artist on Batman. I, one of the last, at least one of the last regular artists on Batman before Year One, because the something that Year One was all one-offs and things. And I was like, he did. I was like, or I could have also. I was also somewhat tempted to ask him for the Joker as the Spectre, which he did in one issue of <laughs> the Spectre with Ostrander. That is a phenomenal issue. But it was like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I, I, you know, he's like, well, who do you like? He's like, oh, you know, Eddie. I listed a bunch of them, and, you know, kind of put Black Mask in the middle of it, and he's like, you know, I co-created that character. He's like, oh yeah, I know. He's like, I can do that. I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Score. <laughs> like, I, I didn't want to, you know, ask because he's a great artist, and I wanted to give him the choice, like I give everyone else. But when he asked for, you know, some ideas, I was like rattling them off. I was like. Let me just slip black mask in the middle there. And if he goes for it, great. If he chooses, I don't know, Two Face, because he did a really good Two Face story in that run, too. It's like, that's fine, too, because he's Tom freaking Adrake, and I will let him draw whoever he likes. Well, that was some fine subliminal suggestion. Yeah. Um, I would love to find one of these, com- this might be a good idea, uh, a colorist, you know, like a, like a Matt Wilson or a Jordi Belair or like a Christina Strain, get you a crazy quote. 
Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Rat catcher. I don't have a rat catcher yet either. Ooh, okay, now that that is scraping. <laughs> yeah, and firefly. Still need a firefly. Now, going back to Scarecrow, uh, if you are going to East Coast in a few weeks with the biz... Come on, you remember his scarecrow from uh, oh, Judgment on Gotham? Yeah. What? Remember when he got shot with his stuff? What? He's, he's scared of like you know pink rabbits and <laughs> unicorns. Yes. That, oh yeah, that is a good one. And he just cranks them out. I mean, they're really rough and dirty, but hey, I, I will take you know I've got you know some really you know finely inked sketches, yeah. and I've got some ones that are just like I mean, uh, Walt Simonson just took a marker, and it's still. Gorgeous because yeah. it's Walt yeah. Simonson. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Sale just took a, a brush and like mm-hmm. half a dozen brush strokes, and the scarecrow just comes out of the page. Yeah, and it's a, a Dustin Wynn did a, a pencil Damien, and that was great. Yes. It's like I understand the people who like their sketchbooks to be all of these high end, you know, and no, this is not me throwing shade at somebody by saying that you know that that's that's not my thing. I want to get. Uh, as much interesting, different stuff as I can get. Yeah. Well, it takes on its own personality, too, and it kind of reflects the person, who, you know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, guys, I think we've uh, sussed, it, sussed it all out here. Any kind of closing thoughts before we round this out? Uh, I had a good day. I mean, that's yeah. all you could ever ask for. I'm looking forward to the next one. Go to your local con. Have some fun. Yes. Yeah, seriously. Don't and, be uh, a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Most importantly that... Um, Give a big shout out to uh, Bill and Miranda who put on uh, Camden Comic Con for, for throwing a good show today. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the next one. So uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah. That's it for this week's show. If you'd like to hear our interview with Gail Simone, tune in next week. New episodes of WMQ&A arrive every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com. Also check out WMQ Comics for our month-long celebration of the films of the non-Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So far, we've written about Howard the Duck, Ghost Rider, Punisher Warzone, the 1978 Doctor Strange TV movie, and the two Tim Story-directed Fantastic Four films, with more on the way. You can keep up with everything we've got going on by following at WMQ Comics on Facebook and Twitter. And for more great comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views, check out WMQComics.com. We'll see you next time.